It's the Friday night flight. Anthony from the Every Morning Quarterback here. We have so much stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, football gods finally being kind to us Jets fans. Uh, we're going to break down the 53-man roster that I put out on Twitter earlier this week. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Falcons game, previewing that for Monday. Going to play the New York Minute and so much more. Let's get it. Welcome, as I said, to the Friday Night Flight, uh, and let's get right into it because we got so much stuff to talk about tonight. I teased it just a little bit, right? The football gods finally being kind uh, to us New York Jets fans. It has been quite a long time, but uh, we, we are finally getting just a little bit of kindness from the football gods. Uh, this has been quite the week in the New York Jets world. For those of you who are watching Last Friday night in a preseason game against the Eagles in the second drive of the game, the season almost came crumbling down. Zach Wilson goes down trying to make a cut. And pro football doctors, one in particular, pro football doc, diagnosed the torn ACL from his studio apartment. And it literally gave three out of every five Jets fans angina, uh, including myself. But the gods were merciful. For once in our fandom, they say the football gods give their strongest soldiers the toughest challenges. And I think finally they realized that we were still somehow all still living. And they had a little sympathy. And frankly, I will take it. Um, but where do we go from here? Right? How much do we trust Flacco? Right? If we have to play with Joe Flacco for even a couple of games, how much do we trust him? And what do we do if Flacco's balling, right? The tough questions now are going to start to pop up. What do we do if Joe Flacco is playing well? Well, I, for one, I'm not panicking right now, right? Flacco, in his five games played with the New York Jets, has over 1,000 passing yards, nine touchdowns, and only three picks. He's completed 14 of 21 passes for 206 yards and three touchdowns, earning a passer rating of 138.1 against the Blitz last year, second in the NFL, only to Matt Stafford, who whose season ended pretty well. Flacco might just be a pretty good insurance policy for our, our hopeful franchise quarterback. But I think where I want to lead this tonight before we get into the nitty-gritty of this show is I wasn't really sold that I was comfortable with Joe Flacco. When I saw Zach go down, um, just like everybody else that was rocking a New York Jets jersey, um, I, I almost had a heart attack. And it took some people that aren't New York Jets fans who I trust, but to come in and kind of tell me the world, the sky's not falling. And where you're going to be okay with Joe Flacco, and here's why. And I think that's okay to even listen to an outside New York Jets fan, because I think a lot of times in sports, we, if you, I mean, really not even sports, anything, if you're too emotionally or 
physically invested in the task, you need an objective third party, right? You need somebody that's not as invested as you are to see the bigger picture. It's like if you were moving furniture, right? Into somebody's new apartment, house, whatever, uh, bungalow, whatever. You've been lifting that stuff all day. And then the person has the balls to tell you a better way to get the couch through a narrow doorway. Your first thought is always going to be, who the hell does this person think they are? Right? They haven't lifted a finger. What do they know? I've been the one lifting all day. I know what I'm doing. So you go ahead and you proceed and you try to jam it through the doorway. You end up breaking the couch. And in a weird Colin Coward-like analogy, Zach is the couch. And the doorway is the path to our franchise quarterback, Jets fans. We're all so emotionally invested in Zach because we want it to work so badly. Right? And to just be done with this forever quarterback search. We want it to work. I'm in that mix. I want it to work so badly. I think every Jets quarterback we've had since 1998, I've bought their jersey before they've even played a game. I want it to work. And we want it to work so badly, we're willing to jam the couch through the doorway and risk breaking it before it's ever really been used. So let Flacco play, right, as long as needed. One game, two games, three games, let him play disassemble the couch to get it through if that's what's needed so you can enjoy it for the next 10 years and not break it, right? A Zach that keeps injuring himself is of no use to us. There's no use to anyone. We got to do right by the kid. And for the record, I'm not the objective third party here at all, right? I want this thing to shoot to the moon quicker than GameStop, okay? But I just hope that JD... Uh, and the powers that be on this team have legitimate people around them that are being honest with what they see. That objective third party, because JD is just like us. He's invested in this. So, I mean, that's all. I just want some, I hope they have someone around that's honest. Because sometimes there's a better way to carry the couch through. Somebody that can see the room. And if you got to sit on the futon for a couple more weeks, then we'll live. Let's get into the 53-man roster, Jets fans. So last week, earlier this week, I posted a 53-man roster for the New York Jets. Um, kind of looking at, because we're getting close to cuts, obviously. We're getting we're getting close to the, to the point where, uh, you know, money's going to start to get made and this team's going to start to form and we're going to see who's going to be there. And there's some guys that I'm falling in love with in camp. I mean, let, you're going to see a little bit in a second, but there's some guys that I'm falling in love with. Specifically... Bam Knight, Zonovan Knight, and Calvin Jackson. Now, is there a spot for both of them on this roster? To be honest, probably not. But I sure hope so. Uh, I mean, they were key in that game against the Eagles Friday night in overcoming an 11-point uh, lead for the Eagles. And Bam, man, Bam could run. Don't overlook this kid. In the NC State history, he averaged 5.5, about 5.5 rushing yards per carry, 29.8 yards per kickoff return. So he can work on special teams for you. He's a dual threat. 
he's like a bigger kind of more power back of like a Leon Washington mold where he can give you a change of pace, but he can also return kicks for you. He had a great hard fought two yard touchdown in that game against the Eagles. He's shown well in camp too. He's had flashes and his 52 yard kickoff return was probably the reason why we were able to go down the field. I mean, you got to give credit to my boy Strebler, but the reason we were able to go down the field and score, you know, and then six plays later, we found, we found my guy, Calvin Jackson, who's had another great camp. Okay. Um, it's like coach Sal always talks about, right? It's the extra 60% um, and that grit And those two guys have it. It's a shame. There probably won't be a spot for both of those two guys, but I hope so. And another note from that game before we get into the 53-man roster was the defensive line. Uh, that group, man, holy cow. They had four of the team's five sacks. Tanzel Smart, who's been on this team for a couple years now, trying to make it. He got cut last year, practice squatted it. Um, he's, he got called up late last year. He had two sacks and three quarterback hits. He looked tremendous. Um, you know, Probably an early favorite out of that trio of Nathan Shepard and Jonathan Marshall. Jabari Zuniga, man, he has, he's had a nice camp. It's a guy we took in the third round a couple years ago. You think he's going to be kind of an impact player early on. Didn't pan out. He's looked good this year, right? He had one sack, two quarterback hits. He's looked good. Um, and rookie Michael Clemens, man, that, that dude's a dog. That dude's a beast. He notched his first sack in that game, but he's been unblockable this week in all the Falcons joint practices, um, which it is the Falcons, so we're going to temper my expectations. I think everybody's going to be unblockable against the Falcons, but we'll see. Uh, so if the preseason opener also is any indication, I'm going to get into this when I show you my 53-man roster too, is tight ends are going to be featured in this Mike Booth LaFleur offense in 2022. Uh, five tight ends caught passes, including the leading receiver of the night was Lawrence Cager, who's a converged wideout playing tight end. So expect some maybe some things that we don't normally see on an NFL roster which is possibly when we get to the final cuts rostering a fourth tight end because it looks like Mike wants to feature that position and we got I think we got we'll get to it but we got three locks so we, the real question is whether he, we're going to add a fourth and if we add a fourth where's that spot coming from I have some ideas so let's get to the 53-man roster We'll get to the kind of the, you know, opening skill positions here. I think quarterback position, I think we keep three. Hard for me to part with Mike White back to my opening monologue. I'm emotionally, you know, and physically just invested in Mike in Mike White after last year. Um, but I don't think you get rid of Mike White. Uh, I think he's a loved guy inside of that locker room. And I think you've already seen with Zach Wilson's injury history that it might be good to have a third guy around that you can trust. Running backs and fullbacks, I think. I think we keep four running backs, and I'm giving that last spot to Bam. I think I think Knight makes this team, man. Um, I could see I could see Coleman getting cut for Ty Johnson. It depends, but I think Coleman's veteran leadership inside of that locker room and his and, and his uh, familiarity with the Mike Lafleur San Francisco kind of zone running scheme. I think you're going to see Coleman get the nod there, and I think you got to take Zonovan because he can do other things for this team. Besides just run the ball. Tight ends, I only had three when I made this. And we'll get into where I think we could take a fourth. But I think those are your three locks. Conklin, CJ, Ruckert, I think are your three locks. 
Um, wide receivers, I think I don't think you can take more than five. This this team is for once in a while very deep and very talented, and I don't think you can keep a six wide receiver at the expense of some depth at the other positions. So I think Calvin Jackson misses this cut. I think Jeff Smith gets the final nod there, and I think you got to trade Denzel Mims. Uh, I don't think. I don't think you can keep Denzel Mims on this roster with the with the role he's expecting to have, which I appreciate from him. I don't think he's above Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, or Braxton Berrios, right? So I think you trade him, and you got to you got to get what you can get for. I didn't get a mid round pick for Denzel. Trade him to the Houston Texans. They're looking for anything, especially a quarterback who can be around women. Looking at the offensive line. I think 10 is the number here. I think, you know, obviously we lose back then. So Fanton, Dwayne Brown, Edoga, man, is not one of my favorites. But I think he makes his team just because of lack of depth at that tackle position. I think Max Mitchell's going to get on it because he's a rookie and he's got some upside. Connor McDermott, man, this is the guy. So if you're going to put a fourth tight end on this team or keep a fifth corner, I think – Connor McDermott, man, needs to be looking over his shoulder. Uh, he has not been great. He had an okay stretch last year. He has not been great in his entire NFL career. He's banged up right now. Hasn't played a lot during camp. He is. He could be an expendable piece here, especially with the addition of Dwayne Brown. So look for that. Moving into the interior O-line. You got AVT, Tomlinson, McGovern, Herberg, Feeney, one of the strong, maybe one of the strongest units on this team, to be honest. Going to the defensive line, I think 10's the number. You got Quinnen, you got Solomon, you got Sheldon Rankins, Carl Lawson, JFM, Bryce Huff, Jacob Martin, Jermaine Johnson, and Michael Clemens. I put Tenzel Smart there. I think he's the front runner of that Shepard Jonathan Marshall crew. I think he's the front runner. Uh, but I could also see when I was mentioning, do they take a fourth tight end? Do they take a fifth cornerback? I could see them only keeping three interior DL, knowing that JFM and Michael Clemens can also kick inside. So that could be what they do there. And so there is some flexibility. At the linebacker position, CJ, Quan, Quincy. Boy, uh, Sirianni wanted to fight Quincy, huh? Although if you notice... Quincy was the one who hit Jalen. Sirianni wanted to fight Salah, who also I don't think is a battle I would be willing to fight. But notice he didn't want to go near Quincy Williams there. Um, Sirianni had an interesting week in practice, too. I know this is an Eagles show, but he was talking trash to players on the field during a joint practice, too. Kind of like it. Uh, Jamie Sherwood and then Marcel Harris. I think uh, all those guys are going to make this team for sure. You might notice a couple notable guys not there. And then last, rounding out the roster, I think cornerback, one of our strongest units. Holy cow. We could take six and be six deep. Sauce, DJ, Michael Carter II, Brandon Eccles, Javelin Guidry, and his speed and his, and his versatility. I think you trade Bryce Hall. And I think this is probably where a lot of Jets fans might lose me. But I think you trade Bryce Hall. You can get a pick for, for Bryce here. Save a roster spot. And if we're looking at the cornerback depth, I don't think knowing what Bryce's skill set is, he was very good for us last year. He was very good for us last year. Okay. I think his strength really relies more in 
probably a zone coverage on the outside. I don't know if you can kick him on the inside and have Bryce play slot. Um, but I'm looking at the guys ahead of him, and he's not jumping sauce. He's not jumping DJ. Michael Carter's got the edge on 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 slot receiver. Hall would be a really big nickel, man. But I think Eccles and Gidry, you're fine with that. So I think you can get – I think you can trade Bryce, thank him for the service, and get a nice pick. Moving to safety, you got – I think you got Jordan Whitehead, Joyner, Pinnock. I love Jason Pinnock. I love him. And I think Will Parks, man. I think Philly Will makes this team. And we'll see. But he's had a great camp, man. He had a toe drag swag earlier this week that everybody was going nuts on the sideline. He's a guy, man. People love him. People love him. You're going to notice a notable cut there. Uh, and then I think special teams rounds it out with Greg, the leg Zerline, due to break our hearts at some point this year, Braden Mann, and then obviously Hennessy as the long snapper. Some notable cuts. Uh, you know, some of these guys will maybe wind up on the practice squad, but I think Vinny, Vinny Curry misses out, which is too bad. I like Vinny. Uh, P. Ryan's had a great preseason so far. I just think it's a crowded room. I don't think Jabari's in enough to make this team yet. You saw how deep that D-line is. Um, and I think, you know, Wesco doesn't make it. I think Nazareel Dean's a practice squad guy. And I think Ashton Davis, you know, I I realize he was a high pick. I don't think we've seen enough from him to justify keeping him maybe in that force. You're not keeping five safeties. So I think Philly will maybe is that enough to jump him. And I like Jason Pinnock's just overall versatility more than I like Ashton Davis. He sometimes is allergic to tackling, getting in the, getting in the mix. So that's what I got. I mean, when I mentioned that fourth tight end, if the Jets decide to go four tight ends, which I think might be where they're going to go, because it's more and more looking like that's what wants to be featured inside of this offense to keep the chains moving, especially in that Mike LaFleur offense. Lawrence Cager is the guy to keep an eye on. I don't think it's Wesco. Uh, I don't think it's Kenny Aboa. I think it's going to be Lawrence Cager. And he's a wide receiver convert. So, I mean, you could also do some things with him, line him up wide, line him up on the inside. Can he block well enough to kick on zone runs? I don't know. We're going to find out. But I think he might be the fourth guy that you see getting taken there. And I gave you some possibilities about what could happen there. So that's what I got for the 53-man roster. You know, of course, I, I, I don't know. I'm not part of the team, but we'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident about a lot of those, but I told you some of my swing guys there. I, Bam Knight, Tanzel Smart. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for you, Knight. Uh, let's do a little bit of a preview here. So looking at the Falcons-Jets preseason game uh, that's going to be coming up here on Monday night on ESPN. Lucky us, ESPN broadcast. I only watch ESPN broadcast if it's like the Mannings calling the game, but um, I'll put up with it to watch the Jets for sure. So let's talk about it, right? So the Falcons depth chart shows for this game coming up when they had they had released it that starters are going to play a little bit, right? And it shows Brian Edwards lining up in the slot to start here. Um, and we're going to see, I think, a ton of Desmond Ritter. Now, you can watch on ESPN, ESPN app or NFL Plus, obviously. NFL Plus, by the way, what is – I got all excited about that. And then, like, they came out with kind of the, uh, you know, stipulations – around it and it's like you can only watch it on like an apple watch or something it's crazy <laughs> can't watch it on my tv so i don't know i don't know about you i don't like to spend the entire time looking down on my phone watching a football game but money line right now has the falcons favored boy you can tell nobody from DraftKings was watching the jets and falcons joint practices this week 
uh, or that line would flip. Right now, you can get the Jets if you're if you're if you are a, a degenerate gambler who's betting on preseason, you can get the Jets at plus one twenty. Uh, so there's that. Um, for what it's for what it's worth, I oh, missed a comment here. My my bad, my bad. P Ryan have a shot at the practice squad back to the fifty three man roster. You know what? It's actually great that I pulled that up now because we're talking about the preseason game against the Falcons. P Ryan definitely has a shot even to make the active roster if he can show well. Man, he's got two more two more dress rehearsals. He's been playing well in camp. You could justify him over Tevin Coleman or or Bam Knight, absolutely. Um, and P Ryan is eligible for practice squad. I think if they do cut him, they would try to sneak him on. I just think that uh, I think another team would probably claim him off the practice squad for sure. Um, he's a good player. He's a good player. I've always liked him. So we'll see what that happens. Appreciate the question too. So looking at. The Vegas odds here. I do like the Jets to win this football game. I think the Jets are the deeper football team than the than the than the Falcons. Um, I like the Mike White Desmond Ritter matchup. That's going to be fun. Uh, the spread is two and a half. Hammer that. Give me give me give me the Jets two and a half. Absolutely. Give me the Jets plus one twenty in this game. The total is thirty eight and a half. It's preseason, baby. What are we doing? Let's take flight. Let's go over that. I can see a 24-21 type ball game uh, and the Jets winning this. Uh, but I, I got Jets 24, Falcons 17. We're going to go with that score. Why not? Um, it's crazy the Falcons entered this thing as the favorite. Uh, but, wow. For what, it's worth, the Fal- the, for what it's worth, the Falcons' victory last week was a rare occurrence, even in the preseason, right? They've actually been dreadful in the recent preseason. They're 2-16 and 16 straight up in their last 18 preseason games played in August, which is wild. And they also only controlled the ball in that game against the Lions for 26 minutes, adding to that idea that maybe that game was a bit of a fluke. So for what that's worth. Looking at a little bit of who could be somebody stepping up in this game, First feature of something we're going to have all year called the all gas gamer, baby, all gas, no breaks. I like Jason Pinnock, man. Keep an eye on this guy. You heard me already gassing up parks um, as a guy that's been killing it in camp. Boy, Jason Pinnock, as well as as much as I think he's a lock to make this roster, he sees all that pub that parks is getting the Twitter videos that are getting heat. Asha Davis is one of a, is a, is a top draft pick. So Pinnock still has got a show, right? He's still got a show. Um, so you saw Parks made an insane catch. People went nuts. He's had a great camp. He even struck again, picking off Mike White in the green and white scrimmage. And all of a sudden, a six-year pro, it's got a, who people thought was just kind of an extra body in camp maybe, has proven to be much more than that. But he only did have two tackles against uh, a team that shares his namesake, Philly. Um, so we'll see. I think Pinnock is going to have to show well, and I think this is a great game for him to show well um, against not a great deep Falcons team, right? So, I mean, Pinnock's fifth-round pick, normally an outside corner. Throughout his rookie year, there were so many outside corners ahead of him, and then you add even more this year with Sauce and with DJ, um, and then Bryce Hall could be still on the roster. He needed to find another spot. The coaches switched him to safety, and he looks kind of natural there. He played the final three games there, and he looked kind of natural. Um, and considering he's had a lack of experience there, um, he's only has only two 
over 200 defensive snaps played at safety. And he finished with two forced fumbles, one pass defended, 16 tackles, and only six receptions allowed, according to PFF. He was one of the highest graded safeties during those three games. So big, long, physical, all the tools. Look for him in this Falcons game to make an impact. He's still learning that position, too. Um, the real question is, can Albrick, um, you know, can he find a way to use him correctly on the field? And a question for you Jets fans, you know, trying to think as that third party that sees people carrying the furniture. Um, when do we start to question Albrick if things on this defense aren't turning around this year? Right. We were we were promised with Salah coming in. These we got some dogs on this defense now. Zach ain't the only dog on this team. All right. We got some dogs on this defense. If we start to see they were dreadful last year. I mean, the Colts game alone, uh, the Colts game uh just was just was a, a castration on the field. I mean, I was emasculated just watching it. And then if that happens again this year, where we see this Jets team give up long drives, just punishing drive because we can't get off the field. When do we when do we start to question Albrick? I don't want to get off I don't want to get off task. So that's our Falcons preview to take a look at. Let's throw up another segment we're going to have this year when we're previewing games. Let's let's dip into the sauce, Jets fans. Let's dip a little bit into the into the sauce, shall we? So some bold predictions. They get a little spicier as we go here. The, the uh, sauce kicks up a little bit. It's a little bit of a so – we got, you know, mild sauce here. I think Jeremy Ruckert scores another touchdown, scored last week. He had the go-ahead, I think. He scores again this week. Um, getting them. Now we're moving to the – to the, to the hot sauce or the Taco Bell fire, if you will. Uh, I think Mike White tosses two to two tutties when he's going to come in here. I think the Falcons defense has been porous just in joint practices. They were porous last year. Uh, I think Mike White's going to, going to, going to toss a couple here. Maybe to my, maybe to my boy, Calvin Jackson. We'll see. And then going to the ghost pepper down there. I think the jets are going to record four plus takeaways in a preseason game. The Falcons are loose with it, folks. Falcons are loose with it. And this Jets team, I can see them getting some strip sacks. I could see some forcing some quick throws to a hungry secondary. Maybe my boy Jason Pinnock, who I mentioned, gets in the mix there. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. So that's our that's our sauce. That's our preview for the game happening Monday night. Let's kick it real quick before we get to the New York Minute, because I mentioned the football gods were smiling on us earlier in the show. Not only... Did they spare Zach Wilson's knee? They also let somebody get one step closer to the Hall of Fame who was so deserving of that spot. So the, our first stealth spotlight classic jet of the year. Got to go to my man, Joe Klecko. Got to go to Joe Klecko here. Congratulations to Joe Klecko for being one of the three senior finalists for the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. I mean, this is a guy. If we were to run through Joe, Joe Klecko's career, right? He played 11 seasons with the New York Jets. He was a key figure in the famous New York sack exchange. Um, boy, I've been playing the stock exchange lately. I'm getting burned. Um, I probably would have gotten burned by the sack exchange too. But along with Mark Gastineau, Marty Lyons, and Abdul Salam. But Klecko was a two-time All-Pro. He made the Pro Bowl at three different positions. First player in NFL history to do that. Sacks did not become an official stat until 1982, but Pro Football Reference researched sacks prior to that year, and they actually credit Sacco with 78 
in his NFL career. He's listed, I think it was only at like 24 technically, but they went back and they found like, like 55 more of them um, that you could credit to him. And he's second in Jets history, trailing only Mark Gastineau at 107. So Klecko, as I mentioned, was the first defensive player in NFL history to be selected to the Pro Bowl at three different positions. He was a defensive player of the year. He was the only player in NFL history to be named first-team All-Pro by the Associated Press at two different positions and not be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's due. How is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? So congratulations to Joe Klecko. Um, his 20 and a half sacks in 1981, he finished second to only Lawrence Taylor. Right, he was a six-round pick at a temple. This guy's climbed, man. He's climbed the ranks. Had a great career with the New York Jets. Finished one year with the Indianapolis Colts. We don't we don't talk about that. Um, but he was a culture changer. You know, some things that we're trying to see happen now. When he got to the Jets, the Jets hadn't finished over 500 in the seven seasons prior to Joe Klecko coming to the Jets. And they made postseason trips in 81, 82, 85, and 86. So culture changer. You watch film of Joe Klecko. I wasn't alive to witness some of it, but when you watch film of Joe Klecko, man, had some of that Aaron Donald raw power where it's just a rip, a swim, and he's in he's in your backfield and he's sacking your quarterback. Um, and if Darrell Revis, man, makes it, all of a sudden, Jets are playing in the Hall of Fame game. What's up? <laughs> one more, one more game for our you know starters to get hurt. Can't wait. Oh man! All right, time for a pretty fun segment that we do on this show to end. Appreciate anybody who's tuning in tonight. It's been awesome. Um, but we do a pretty fun game on this show uh, called the New York Minute. So let's get to the New York Minute here. Um, we play a pretty fun game. So what it's basically going to be is I pick one number uh, every single week, and we kind of go through a little bit of like a history with that number, and I try to do it all in one minute, giving you as many facts as I possibly can that coincide with that number. Some of it gets pretty pretty freaky, to be honest, about how many times that number pops up inside of our team's history, for what it's worth. Um, but let's get to it. So we got the New York Minute. I'm going to put the one minute on the clock. I'm going to try to keep myself as honest to that one minute as possible. I think from our Every Morning Quarterback show on Sunday, I think it's still set to like an Imagine Dragons ringtone. Um, so if your ears bleed, that's what's happening. <laughs> All right. Woo, here we go. New York Minute begins. The number is six. Let's get it. Mark Sanchez, war number six in six career playoff games. There it is again. Sanchez is four and two. He's got some impressive road wins, folks. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers. Credit to Mark Sanchez. In the last two seasons, Jets have six total wins. Woof. Since 2000, the Jets have hired six head coaches, including the famous Adam Gay show there. The not-so-famous backups wearing number six. Phil Demery, Bobby Brister, Ray Lucas. Bobby Brister actually won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos the year after leaving the Jets, beat the Jets to get there. Um, of course, he wasn't the starter. Ray Lucas, horrible. Bill Demery, fun little story before I get to it. I don't want to use up too much of my minute. But Bill Demery actually played. Uh, he was the third backup when the Jets were, were banished out of Shea because the Mets were actually in the playoffs once. Who can forget number six, Doug Bryan, game-winning field goal, playoffs against the Chargers. Joe Klecko, drafted sixth round, 1977. 2003, snow game, Jets over the Steelers, 6 nothing. Great game. January 6, 2002, clutch win against the Raiders. Mike, Mike Westhoff's favorite game. He talked about it. Chris Hayes, baby. 
Brett Favre's franchise record, six touchdown passes in one game against the Cardinals. Lavernius Coles caught three of them. The Jets have only had a six-game or more winning streak in their history. Six times. There it is again. And remember this guy? Six overall pick in 2008, Vernon Golson? Nah, I don't either. Uh, and my favorite, Martin, is sixth all-time in rushing yards. And last but not least, ah, I was 50 seconds off. If Revis and Klecko make the Hall of Fame, folks, it'll make six. New York Jets players and coaches enshrined in Canton. Wow, that was a lot. <laughs> Getting through the New York minute. Appreciate everybody joining tonight for really the debut episode of the Friday Night Flight. Last week we had special teams legend, New York New York guy, Mike Westhoff. Hoping to have some more guests coming up for you guys. We're in some talks with some pretty cool, famous Jets. Um, but every week, Friday night, 8 o'clock, you're going to get it. Friday night flight, you're going to get the New York Jets, how we like it, folks. You can watch on Twitter. You can watch it on our YouTube page, Every Morning Quarterback. Tune in to us this Sunday. Uh, me, and my, me and my three other crew members, we're going to be kicking it, playing some Jeopardy on Sunday, actually. Um, one of our Pats guys is going to be running it. Um, so, yeah, tune in to the Every Morning Quarterback. Visit emqpodcast.com. Visit all the other teams inside of our team-specific locker room, including the Air Raid Hour, Pat Stanzink, Jaguar, all that stuff. Uh, but you came here for this, for the gang green, baby. New York Jets, Friday night flight. Enjoy the game Monday night. Let's get it. <laughs>